0: That's shopify.com slash offer. While awaiting trial in Philadelphia in 1895, serial killer H.H. Holmes wrote, I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer, no more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. To this day, Holmes is known as one of American history's first serial killers, and perhaps its steadliest, with some accounts claiming that he killed up to 200 people across the United States in the 1880s and 90s. But perhaps even more than his reported number of victims, it was his devilish methods that sealed his place in history. During the Chicago World's Fair in 1893, Holmes allegedly constructed a murder castle so that he could lure some of the fair's 27 million visitors into his lair, where he purportedly tortured them, killed them, and burned their bodies in his basement kiln. Equipped with mazes, hallways to nowhere, soundproof rooms, and homemade gas chambers, Holmes supposedly played disturbing games of cat and mouse with his victims before butchering them. By the time he was finally caught in 1894, Holmes had reportedly killed somewhere between 20 and 200 people. Details of his crimes filled newspapers across the country, and Holmes and his murder castle were forever cemented into the grisliest annals of true crime lore. Even more than a century later, in 2003, these ghastly crimes inspired Eric Larson's popular account of Holmes and the World's Fair called The Devil in the White City. Some have even speculated that Holmes was really Jack the Ripper operating in the United States after evading police back in England. But the truth behind H. H. Holmes' life and crimes remains difficult to decipher. Though he certainly scammed and murdered people, Holmes may have taken fewer than 10 victims, not 20, and definitely not 200. And his murder castle, described in salacious detail in books like Larson's, as well as contemporaneous newspaper accounts, may not have been as replete with trapdoors, secret passageways, torture devices, and acid baths as some have previously suggested. Still, there's no doubt that H.H. Holmes was an especially sly and sinister killer. Charming and charismatic, he naturally drew people in, only to betray or kill them whether they were men, women, or children. In the end, however, though H.H. Holmes may not have murdered 200 people, he certainly did more than enough to make his haunting claim that he was born with the devil inside him ring all too chillingly true. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the untrodden corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm all-it's-interesting staff writer, Kalina Fraga.
1: And you know it's me, your boy, all-it's-interesting <laughs> staff writer, Austin Harvey.
0: <laughs> Today, we're untangling the blood-soaked story of H.H. Holmes, one of the very first serial killers in American history, and perhaps one of the most misunderstood.
1: Thought I'd switch it up, switch it up a little bit there at the beginning. <laughs> Start off, that was good. Yeah, keep the vibes loose having fun. Yeah, they're gonna be very loose. Talking about something gruesome.
0: That's kind of our bread and butter, yeah, is it not?
1: It is. I think I first heard about H.H. H. Holmes from this book that I had in like my middle school years. It was like called like Captain John's Bathroom Reader for Kids or something along those lines.
0: And H.H. H. Holmes it was it? was just like For a kids?
1: big, thick blue book full of a bunch of like facts and stuff that you could presumably read while you were in the bathroom. Oh, so it would just be like blurbs. And one of them was like, yeah, H.H. H. Holmes had this hotel where he killed a bunch of people. And I was like, oh, wow. not a
0: very kid friendly fact.
1: No, it was very weird. That was yeah, that was where it first came to my attention. Huh. So
0: I had never heard about him until I read Devil in the White City mm, a few years ago.
1: Yeah. You've recommended that book a few times.
0: I have. And so it was interesting researching this podcast because there is some stuff that was in the book that's not quite true.
1: Ah, it is a nonfiction book, though, right? It's not like a fictionalized... It's
0: nonfiction, but it's written like a novel interesting. in a lot of ways. Okay. You know, he says at the beginning he's gone through... Eric Larson's the author. He, he's gone through, like, letters, other documents that he can reconstruct dialogue and things Got like that. It. So it reads just it's a very easy read it reads like a novel but his scenes were like holmes is like killing someone and i was like how would you know that specific right, thing right. And when i was reading it and i'm like "Oh, okay because he took a couple liberties yeah,
1: extrapolated a dead. little bit and got it
0: a little bit yeah although i have i've read other books of his that i have um enjoyed as well
1: no something to check out yeah
0: yeah i mean it is a cool book i would still recommend it i think just for the world's fair stuff it's cool right and then right. the murder stuff is something it's two different things going on at the same time. Yeah, so let's jump into who this guy was, H. H. Holmes, which wasn't his real name. Right. He was born um, Herman Webster Mudgett. Ew.
1: <laughs> it's
0: not as frightening of a name. Yeah. H. H. Holmes. Oh, Mudget. Webster Mudget. Ugh, yeah.
1: Sounds like someone out of a Harry Potter book. It
0: does kind of. That Mudget. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't quite strike fear uh, into your heart. But in, in any case, he was born in May 1861. Um, not much is known about his childhood, but what is known is a bit off putting. He had an abusive father. Uh, he was supposed to be very intelligent, and interested in medicine, and he explored this by conducting surgery on animals. Yeah. Which is never a good sign uh, among serial killers. And there are rumors that he was responsible for the death of a childhood friend. Oof, yeah. It's so bad.
1: I mean, it's the same kind of stuff you see, I guess, with a lot of serial killers, right? They always, not always, but often come from abusive homes.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: lash out against animals. It's all cut from the same cloth. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. Even the interest in, like, Dahmer had like interest in like animals and animals like bodies and stuff. Right. And yeah. So he, yeah, definitely a kind of an odd childhood and looking at it through the lens of his, where he ended up, it's, and then as a young adult, he started embarking on a life of crime. He started robbing graves and morgues and so selling the cadavers to medical schools or to set up wow. some kinds of uh, life insurance scams, which will be a pattern in his life.
1: Weird. I wonder, what do you tell them of medical school when you just have a cadaver? Well, they needed cadavers. Uh, They were asking a lot of questions. Oh, that's fair, I guess. Yeah.
0: And at the time. Right, right. Maybe there's more questions asked now, I hope. I would
1: hope so. If you just turn up someone, you're like, hey, I have this dead body. You guys want it? (laughs) Want
0: it? It's only $100.
1: It's fresh.
0: Yeah. No, they needed them. And so they would pay him, is my understanding. Mm.
1: I guess you could always lie and say you work for like a funeral home or some sort of end of life service as well. Setup, yeah, that's true. You know.
0: Yeah, we've had some stories on the site in the past like two years about funeral home scams. Yeah. So it happens. Yeah. He did uh he did go to medical school and in a sign of things to come. His graduation was almost derailed when a woman came forward and said that he had promised to marry her only through an egg. This would happen again and again. He soon married someone else and had a child, but abandoned the family. And he is this guy who, like, when you meet him, he seems cool, charming, but he could be very manipulative and, and cold kind of beneath the surface. Yeah, So maybe a bit sociopathic.
1: Yeah. yeah again, yeah, very typical of people like yeah. this.
0: So he eventually moves to Chicago in 1885 and finds a job as a pharmacist. And this is around the same time he changes his name from Mudgett to Holmes. He takes the name H.H. H. Holmes. He works as a pharmacist in Chicago. He marries again and again. He's, like, kind of... He'll meet someone and like say he's single and they'll fall in love with him. And he's meanwhile, like, trying to scam them in some way. He also starts building what will become known as the Murder Castle in Chicago, just as the city is preparing for the World's Fair, which starts in 1893. And again, the, the Eric Larson book like is a really cool account of the World's Fair. Yeah. And World's Fairs are cool. Like, I didn't know. They sound boring, but they're not. They're really interesting.
1: Yeah. As we talked about in our uh, Olympic marathon. Yeah. Which what that was 1904. So a decade later when they debuted Mm -hmm. Dr. Pepper. What did they debut at the 1893 World's Fair? Well, I mean, the big
0: thing is the, I don't want to like, I guess I've already spoiled this. It's fine. The, The big new invention, because they wanted to do something from like that would rival the Eiffel Tower from the Paris World's Fair was the Ferris wheel. Right, they came up with this, and this was like this incredible. No one had ever seen that before. And like Frederick Law Olmsted, who designed Central Park, was involved in in designing the grounds and everything. And it's like it was just like a huge, it's a huge deal. It's hard to even imagine what that was like. I think for us now.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. And the fair ended with the assassination of the mayor. Yes. That's crazy. I know. Wow. There's yeah. a lot going on in 1893, yeah. Chicago.
0: Yeah, so this is going on. It draws 27 million visitors to Chicago, a lot of young women as well, um, which were Holmes' kind of primary target. He's built Murder Castle, this three-story tall building. As the story goes, he draws visitors to the World's Fair, to this uh, castle, and kills them in very elaborate ways. In these stories, he's not the kind of guy just kind of like stab you or whatever he... This place allegedly had trap doors, chutes, soundproof rooms, gas chambers, a basement kiln where Holmes could cremate his victims' bodies, acid pits, quicklime, et cetera, et cetera. And in the Eric Larson book, he goes into like great detail about building the basement kiln and how, you know, the people he hires to, like, design it in a special way.
1: Right. Yeah, wasn't he, like, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he hire, like, multiple builders at a time or like only for like certain sections of the hotel and then fire them and then hire other people so that really nobody knew if he hired one group of contractors and was like hey can you make this building they'd be like this seems pretty dangerous and also like you're up to nothing like up to no good but
0: yeah it's devious guy he you know in addition to killing people. He was also involved in all these financial scams. He would buy things on credit and then hide them in the castle when the creditors came to check things out. And one person said uh, in 1943, he said the castle had swallowed the furniture as later it would swallow human beings. So he was involved in kind of all sorts of these mm, scams. Yeah, well. He would seduce women, get engaged to them, and then his fiancés would disappear. People who came to work for him also allegedly disappeared after he'd hired them. Uh, he made them name him as a beneficiary and then collected their life insurance policies so he had you know motivated by money i guess yeah. in all of this it's it's really hard to know who he killed and how many people and everything but his first victims and like some of the most likely victims were a woman named Julia and her daughter Pearl uh, Holmes was in a relationship with Julia and then she and Pearl disappeared at the end of 1891 and Holmes had different stories about this. He sometimes said that she'd left to visit her dying sister or that she died during an abortion. But a child's skeleton close to Pearl's age was later found at Murder Castle. Oh, wow. And then the worst part of that story was that at one point he paid someone, allegedly, to remove the skin from a woman's corpse so that he could sell her skeleton to medical school. Oh, boy. And it, this skeleton was unusually tall for a woman, and Julia was six feet tall. So... probably hurt
1: man Uh, yeah just like so many i mean i I know it's harder to keep track of people back then and dna evidence wasn't a thing but (laughs) it's just the idea like so many steps along the way where he could have been caught and out of himself like i like hiring somebody to remove skin from a person presumably also a criminal operation i don't think you're going to like a a taxidermist down the street
0: yeah i mean i guess if he's you know in these scams and has been in these scams about selling cadavers, he That's must know true, the right yeah. people to reach out to. Yeah. A couple of his like, m- likeliest victims are women, um, Emmeline Sigrand, Minnie Williams, her sister, Nanny Williams, Holmes had personal and business relationships with, um, Sigrand and Minnie Williams and they all vanished. Mysteriously. So then the Chicago fair ends and Holmes leaves, but he doesn't stop, scamming or killing people, he meets this guy, Benjamin Pitzel, and they start a scam together. Um, Originally, the idea is that Pitzel is going to fake his death for $10,000 in a life insurance scam. But then Holmes (laughs) kills him for real. And...
1: (laughs) Of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah, of course. Worse than that, he kidnaps his three children, Howard, Nellie, and Alice, um, who are between seven and 14 years old. And he kept like... it. Their mother was looking for them, and he kept like moving them around, and she was trying to find them. And then he killed them as well. In the end, though, he's not arrested for murder, but for fraud. In nineteen or in eighteen ninety four, he's arrested for trying to defraud Fidelity Mutual Insurance. At this point, Petzel's wife says that she thinks that Holmes killed her husband. The police start to look around. They find the children's bodies. The two girls were found buried in a cellar in Toronto. Okay, so he
1: like left Chicago.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's all over the place. Toronto, I mean, all over the place, yeah.
1: All in the course of like a year.
0: Yes, he's a busy guy.
1: No rest for the wicked.
0: The girls were found locked in a a trunk that the police think Holmes had filled with gas to kill them. And the boy was found, his charred remains were found in a cottage that Holmes rented in Indianapolis. So wow, yeah, he definitely killed them. He confesses to killing 27 people and then 130 people. He then goes on to write this autobiography, which is not very truthful. Oh, <laughs> what a surprise! He says he's you know innocent and everything, but it's in his autobiography where he he writes the line that I opened the episode with about I was born yeah. with the devil in me. So he's eventually found guilty of Benjamin Peitzel's murder in 1895, sentenced death by hanging. Um, and he's killed in Philadelphia the next year, um, shortly before turning thirty-five. His last words: "Take your time, old man. Don't bungle it." To his executioner.
1: Well, got to respect yes. that.
0: No, not not too bad as you last words get, go.
1: I was gonna say you only get one shot at your last words, but that's actually not true, right? Like, I mean, Is it's it not. not, I, mean, not I guess it depends. <laughs> like, if you're actively dying and you're like, "Oh, I got to get one more thing out." Yeah, in a situation like this, you could presumably be like look at the executioner and say take your time old man don't bungle it and be like yeah i nailed that but like if you look at him and you go whoopee toopee doo and you're like mm, let's try that again
0: <laughs> yeah i guess if you know right, you're gonna die I mean. you could run through like a couple it's not like you only get yeah, one yeah. shot it's
1: like well hold on wait 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 let me try that again
0: yeah although i guess if you went through like three iterations <laughs> of that and you're like hold on wait 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 that'd probably be included in your whole <laughs> yeah. Yeah, last word like, thing like, you yeah, know when do you
1: start the Right. When do you start? Yeah. That'd be hmm. really funny though. This
0: reminds me, and this is like not important at all to this episode, but um I was reading a biography of John Adams a couple of years ago, and John Adams' last words were recorded as Thomas Jefferson lives, which was a cool thing to say, although Thomas Jefferson had actually just died wow. that same day. Um but then Adams, when he died, like gave out this like like a yell kind of shriek thing. So that was his like actual right, right. last utterance. But that's not really what you would yeah. record. you would just be like thomas jefferson lives yeah you want to yeah you want to record
1: their best last words not their like yes your best yeah
0: death rattle yeah. gasps yeah
1: The Box of Oddities is a Webby award-winning podcast that explores a world that's strange, bizarre, and sometimes hilarious. Married couple Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth bring their irreverent brand of humor and unique chemistry to unusual topics that range from medical oddities to abandoned funeral homes to unexplained paranormal phenomena. With nearly 30 million downloads since its launch in 2018, The Box of Oddities has become a rapidly growing community of people who share an interest in the stranger side of life. In each episode, Cat and Jethro bring an independently picked true topic to surprise each other with. Often bizarre, shocking, or just plain weird, these topics are certainly always interesting. As late-night host Jimmy Kimmel said, should you be the type who has interest in weird stuff, this is a fun thing to allow in your head. Go listen to The Box of Oddities wherever you get your podcasts.
0: In any case, yeah, he was buried 10 feet deep in a cement-filled coffin. Apparently, he was worried about grave robbers, which makes sense because he was a grave robber. Um, He knows what that's like. Since then, his story has been very much exaggerated. Even at the time, these newspapers are printing all these incredible stories about Murder Castle and what he did there. And in Larson's book, he takes some creative liberties as well in recounting the story. And I thought there's this interesting quote from Holmes himself where he says, He describes himself as, but a very ordinary man, even below the average in physical strength and mental ability to have planned and executed the stupendous amount of wrongdoing that has been attributed to me would have been wholly beyond my power. You
1: don't often encounter a humble serial killer.
0: Yeah, but doesn't it strike you a bit as like fake humility? He's like, "Mm, not me.
1: Well, yeah, I guess if he's also in that same autobiography declaring that he's innocent, it seems like a way of being like, but I could never have done all these things they said I did. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, right. Fair enough.
0: Exactly. In any case, in the end, you know, people have said that he killed between twenty and two hundred people. He probably killed just nine people. I mean, just he killed nine people. A lot of people still. It doesn't um, count until you <laughs>
1: kill ten people.
0: In double digits. He was it seems like he was just kind of confessing to like anything because 27 of the people he confessed to killing nice. were still alive <laughs> at the time. So nice. Yeah. There is this one guy, uh, the author of H. H. Holmes, The True History of the White City Devil. His name is Adam Seltzer. And he said that he thinks that these stories about this like murder castle and everything were is fabrication by the yellow press. And indeed, there's no real evidence that he trapped strangers in Murder Castle and Hmm. killed them. His victims were mostly people he already knew. And the building wasn't a hotel, as it's often portrayed. It was just just a building. Right, yeah.
1: I was was always under the belief that it was a hotel, that he was, like, running.
0: He did tell people it was going to be a hotel, but he never did that. Just part of his, like... Scamping. Yeah,
1: yeah, because that's like yeah. the whole the whole appeal of the story, I guess like or I've mentioned when we've teased this episode previously, there's a video game called The Devil in Me, which is inspired by the story mm-hmm. of H.H. H. Holmes. And that literally involves the main characters going into the hotel with all the traps and stuff, mm-hmm. which I yeah, I mean, I think that paints like a certain image of him that he would have this hotel. He'd invite guests in and then you'd be caught unaware but it not being a hood, like yeah. that's like a very scary idea. But that's not, yeah. Well, it's but like that's like the shining. Not what happened. I
0: mean, not the shining. Well, and the shining, yes. Yeah. So I was actually thinking of um, psycho.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because you're so vulnerable, and like they have, they can get right. into your room, and yeah.
1: Or there was that yeah. not to the same degree of crime, but there was that guy who had like a I think he, the documentary about him was maybe just called The Voyeur, but oh. he would like he had a motel, and then he would spy on people through like. Special openings that only he knew about and like watched them have sex and stuff. But the, in the documentary, which I, I'm blanking on the <laughs> name of, they actually interviewed the guy. He's very open and willing to talk about what he did. It's weird.
0: It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. Well, in Holmes' case, he didn't have a hotel. Right. He just kind of lied about that. It has been suggested that he somehow bribed the authorities and escaped. It And this, well, I guess, was believed to such an extent that his body was exhumed in 2017. It is still there. Um, or was still there, Hmm. and Murder Castle is no more. It burned down in 1895, and it is now the site of a U.S. post office. This story also kind of came back to light in recent memory, because H H Holmes great grandson suggested that he'd also been Jack the Ripper. Okay. Which maybe we will discuss more in our upcoming Jack right, the Ripper series.
1: Right. Is there any legitimate like argument to be made for that or it's just the grand the great grandson?
0: No. The grandson, from what I could tell, the grandson was like, I have evidence that Holmes Mm -hmm. was Jack the Ripper. And then he's like, and now watch my History Channel show to find out. And there was nothing really reported on why that would be. Larson said he looked into it and the chronologies don't check out. Jack the Ripper, of course, operated... I mean, his canonical victims were in November or in eighteen eighty-eight, right. And Holmes was in Chicago at the time. So it would be kind of difficult for him to do to get to Whitechapel and do it. Yeah. All that, and it also but,
1: just doesn't track. Like, why would he go to Whitechapel just to murder people? He's yeah. doing perfectly fine in Chicago with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and Jack the Ripper seemed to murder mostly like sex right. workers, and H.H. H. Holmes would like draw women in and then. murder them, get their money. Yeah, and the
1: Ripper also, I mean, earned his name the Ripper because of how gruesome the murders were, whereas Holmes was more, I guess, like, methodical and subtle about stuff. He wasn't just leaving bodies on the street.
0: Right, if anything, he was selling bodies to... Right, right. So he would
1: want them in, Yeah, for research. In good condition.
0: Yeah, I think his motivation was more, like, money... Kind and of ironic else.
1: that then his great-great-grandson would try and swindle people, huh? <laughs> Looks like that runs in the family. kind
0: of ironic. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: called that's mudging. Point. I don't mudging. know if that's a term. But it yes. should be a term.
0: Mudging. I like that. He heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like we're not big fans of the H.H. Holmes was Jack the Ripper theory. I don't think it's... Yeah.
1: I I don't think there's any evidence to support that.
0: I put together our outline for our discussion episode for Jack the Ripper, which is all like the suspects. Not all of them. Because there's like a lot, but some of the top ones. And it is interesting. Some of them you're like, oh, okay. And some of them you're like, hmm. And Holmes is definitely one where you're kind of like, he wasn't even in the right right country. And... To me, it doesn't... Those two don't... They're they're just operating around at the same time. And that was their only similarity.
1: I mean, it's not... Yeah, but like, yeah. So many serial killers. It's not like no one's out there being like, I don't know, guys. I don't think Dahmer did it. I think it was all Bundy because they were around the same (laughs) time. Like, two bad people can exist at once. Stalin and Hitler operated at the same time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's because jack the ripper like no one right, knows who right. it is so it's like maybe he's also this killer
1: it's yeah people just wanting to like reach and be like oh well maybe i've figured it out and it's like no you didn't sorry
0: well and isn't it like a better version of the world if only one person that, is capable I mean. of yeah, doing, like, that's what i things? Like, but that's just yeah. not
1: reality like bad people exist in tandem all the time
0: indeed yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of the, some of these Holmes questions I think we'll revisit with Jack the River, too. But like, is there a reason you think this story is has stuck around for so long? I mean, I
1: think the timing of it definitely with it coinciding with the World's Fair, mm-hmm. the fact that he wrote his own autobiography about it. And then, yeah, I think just the fact that it got so misconstrued because the idea of yeah. the murder hotel is right. scary. Like you said, because you're yes. so vulnerable. And so I think that element of the story is what really sticks with people where it's like, Oh God, I can't can you imagine like visiting Chicago and then you go to stay in this what you think is a nice hotel and then it's like, uh oh, turns out murder. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, it kind of feeds into my my other question is like why it was exaggerated and like the the obvious answer is because people bought newspapers when it was exaggerated and it's this loop and then why is it still, why do we still talk about it? It's because people bought papers back then, people buy the story now because it's this sensationalist story.
1: Yeah, well, that that was... Like yellow journalism, right, it was like popping up around that yeah. time where everything was sensationalized, and and also like, had there really been a serial killer in America prior to him?
0: He's considered to be like one of the first ones. That's
1: what I thought. So I'm sure that has something to do with it as well, like him and Jack the Ripper being two of the earliest uh, known modern examples, right? Because for all we know, there was a, you know a Stone Age guy killing a bunch of other people, but there's no way to <laughs> know it. Sure. But, uh, yeah, when we think of like a modern serial killer, it's Holmes and Jack the Ripper were like.
0: Well, and I, w- I would think that American journalists would look at the British example of how well papers are selling with Jack the Ripper Fair. stories. Now they have something so similar, shades of similarity and to follow that model. It's like the birth of true crime. Yeah, I mean,
1: literally, even if you Google first serial killer, Holmes is the one that Hmm. Smithsonian Magazine has, uh, Library of Congress pops up. So yeah, I think that's definitely got something to do with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess it must have been easier to be a serial killer. Like Oh, for sure. Back in the day. Back in the day. Just move on.
1: Back in like medieval England. Yeah. You could kill anybody.
0: Yeah, so it's a weird, it's a weird story. Uh, I was really surprised researching it, like how much was exaggerated in Larson's book, which again I did really enjoy quite a lot when I read it. Yeah,
1: other than Holmes's like f- semi-fictitious autobiography, w- did he like take notes or anything that Larson referenced?
0: I mean, from I did read this book a couple of years ago, but what I remember is Larson describing people's interactions mm-hmm. with Holmes which I assume must have been like newspapers right. at the time his contractors the like the pharmacy where he worked things like that he must have looked through his autobiography yeah. as well and
1: then, okay yeah like like because yeah you mentioned like the scenes in the book of him like killing people in the basement and I'm just curious if like Holmes kept a record anywhere yeah. of like the stuff he did or whatever.
0: Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but I remember like reading the book and it would be like the victim thinking something and I was like, how could you do know yeah. that? That seems unlikely. Again, I do enjoy his books. I've read two or three of them. But yeah, they're very readable. They yeah. read really, like novels. Nice I mean, that's and so. I mean, it's,
1: it's cool. And it's, he's clearly a, a talented author.
0: Yeah, he's a new book coming out about the Civil War oh, that's next cool. year. Fort Sumter. Yeah. it It is interesting. This one, I feel like, kind of sets us up well to talk about Jack yeah, the Ripper yeah. um, in terms of the newspaper angle. and
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting when we circle back around to it to, like, kind of compare and contrast how the stories were told mm-hmm. and uh, just, like, the lasting impact of them. Yeah. I mean, Jack the Ripper is obviously stuck around very much because of the mystery.
0: Right. For sure. I mean, I, I knew about Jack the Ripper more than I knew about right, Holmes. Holmes. Right.
1: I'm sure most people do. But, yeah. yeah, no, it is really interesting Holmes story. I do think it's had a resurgence in the past few years. I feel, was there an, a reference to H.H. Holmes in like one of the American horror stories?
0: I don't know. I mean, Larson's book came out, I think, in 2007. Oh, 2003, excuse me.
1: Uh, Ryan Murphy, who I can't stand, but I'll let that slide for the second, apparently took mm-hmm. inspiration from H.H. H. Holmes when crafting the story of the fifth season of American Horror Story.
0: Is it in a hotel? Yeah, or I like, think it's the- literally called Hotel. Oh. Yeah, I see. <laughs> <But> yes,
1: <laughs> I swear. To, I yeah, I H H Holmes is uh, if if not a character in it, a character Evan Peters plays is heavily inspired by Holmes. Hmm. So I think it's it's entered entered the pop culture zeitgeist more in recent years. I think, yeah. especially like I said, yeah. I mean, they're even making video games off of it now and stuff. It is interesting hmm. to talk about. It's but.
0: Int- yeah, it's like the cyclical nature of a. Interest in yeah. people. I love
1: that he got caught for fraud in the end. I just think that's so funny.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was a fraudster at heart. That's kind of like what he was. He just didn't care if he had to kill people to right. do that.
1: Yeah, we're going to be switching things up a little bit next time around. We'll have a little bit of a break between now and The Ripper. We have Christmas Legends coming up next, some of which are pretty dark.
0: Okay, I was going to ask, because like, it seems like we could, it, it could be like we're doing H.H. Holmes and then we're doing like Christmas right. Legends, but...
1: We're talking about like five of them, I think. Some of them are pretty dark. The Yule Cat and like the Yule Lads and Gryla, the Christmas Witch of Iceland who eats but then there's like other ones like the mary lloyd which is like a welsh tradition of people going door-to-door singing songs and having basically old-timey rap battles so there's a little bit of a variety Hmm. there so it'll be a nice nice little break between two some somewhat more grisly stories here and then we have our 100th episode i believe before the jack the ripper ones
0: before right. Jack the Ripper, yeah, a hundred episodes—pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, we're going back in talking about some updates to some old cases, yes. including uh, Dyatlov Pass, the, the Delphi, Delphi murders. Del- is it Del- Delphi? Delphi murders. I always think Delphi. Oh, I think I it was say Delphi. Delphi.
0: And the other one, oh, the the
1: oh, the oh, Summerton Man.
0: They all have fascinating, sometimes tragic, bizarre updates yeah.
1: that we shall yeah, get yeah. into. It It'd be interesting to look back on some stuff, talk about our favorite episodes we've done, things like that.
0: Yeah. It's kind of surprising given how many episodes we have done and how many of them are about missing people or history or whatever, that there haven't been more updates. Yeah. Yeah. Really. It's like D.B. Cooper. We still don't know who Cooper, he is. That's a
1: crazy story. That story is <laughs> insane.
0: It is really crazy. But they don't know still a mystery yeah yeah so that'll be great and then we'll get into jack the ripper and then more good stuff yeah
1: more stuff on the horizon always good new stuff. year new episodes same old austin uh, and Kalina. yes
0: <laughs> yes and maybe more and more Kara yeah, too for next sure. year.
1: i love when we have the three of us i think it is so fun
0: yeah that was really fun for history happy hour last yeah. week or whatever that was yeah
1: I, I, I guess two weeks ago by the time this comes out whatever
0: time yes yeah yeah
1: and as always you can uh, read more about these stories. Read all about H. H. Holmes on all that's interesting.com mm-hmm. become a member by going to all that's interesting.com slash membership and then join our newsletter at all that's interesting.com slash sign up
0: and if you have a question about the show a story you want us to cover or just want to say hello you can of course do that you leave us a voicemail at 929-526-3029 or email us at podcast at all dot. Yeah. let us know
1: if your grandfather was jack the ripper
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, I'd love to hear it. You can also leave us a, re- a review, of yeah, course, on um, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Say hello there as well. Yes. I always see your criticisms. <laughs> I bury them
1: deep within my soul and feel worse about myself. So keep it coming.
0: Keep it coming. We got uh, a yeah, nice one. Yeah, I know. I, and then we have an Instagram too and yes, a TikTok.
1: Uh, at History Uncovered Podcast on Instagram and at Real yes. History Uncovered on TikTok.
0: Yes. And we just started the the Instagram and it's going yeah. well yeah, it so is. far.
1: Fun little way to send, you know, some quick history facts to your friends because we just put up Mm -hmm. the reels and then you can just be like, here, check this out.
0: Click share. Yes.
1: Or just scroll through and then just learn a fact and be like, I'm smart now. And then you always have something Mm -hmm. to talk about. That's the best thing about this job for us. And if you're a a listener, the nice thing about listening to a podcast like this is that you always learn something new and something interesting. And then you can relay that information (laughs) to other people and you come across smart.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, and that's never mind the want. fact that I forget yes.
1: half of what I wrote the second it's done. <laughs>
0: but, I know it's so funny. What you write oh, today? Man, what did um, I write today? I have no idea what I wrote today. I have no idea what I wrote today. Oh, <laughs> I wrote about I wrote about Jonathan the Tortoise being yeah. really old.
1: I wrote about the Rockefeller Center at beam.
0: Oh, yeah, that looks horrible. It looks kind of cool.
1: It, it doesn't swing you out as much as it looks like in the videos and stuff. It really just like raises you up and spins you around. How, how, you go, like, how much does it raise up, you up above the top of the rock? Above
0: yeah. the top of the rock? And then you're like strapped into Holy it. Moly. Like, seat seatbelts,
1: obviously. But it doesn't, oh, I like the initial oh, video I saw looked like it swung you over the side of the building. It doesn't. Oh. Yeah. It just brings you up.
0: Wow. Well, we'll be skipping that. All right. Well, I guess that's yeah. that's Thanks that. for listening. We'll be back next week with. Two weeks. legends. We'll be back in, in two weeks. weeks. We're yes. taking
1: we're taking it a little easy in December as the year winds down. Yeah, yeah. thank God. But next time we'll get our yeah. we'll, we'll have our, our eggnog. Mm. The non alcoholic kind. Well, oh. maybe
0: we should have alcoholic eggnog. Yeah, whatever. It's I've never had alcoholic oh, it's so eggnog. so good. I have some
1: in our fridge right now. Yeah, it or just great. add rum to regular. It's eggnog.
0: like dangerous though. It's not bourbons? It it,
1: usually like a spiced rum, but you can do bourbon. I think the the pre-mixed uh, one is rum and bourbon, a blend. I see.
0: Someone in my running club said bourbon the other day, and I was like, oh, that sounds amazing.
1: Good. Either one, really. Can't go wrong.
0: Excellent. Well, I mean, maybe I'll get my hands on For some sure. of that.
1: For sure.
0: All right. Till next time.
1: Ugh. Adios.